Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is Gabriel's Trumpet for February the 17th, Wednesday, but not just any Wednesday. This is Ash Wednesday, the beginning of the holy season of Lent. For the next 40 days, we are invited to journey with Jesus to Jerusalem for his passion, death, and giving way to the glorious resurrection on Easter Sunday. But we began today on Ash Wednesday. And I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, do you like secrets? Are you good at keeping secrets? Or are you better at telling secrets? Uh, doesn't matter. Because as we begin Lent, Jesus invites us to keep a secret. It's a secret between you and Almighty God. And it's a secret that's very important to keep. Uh, our reading that gives us some very sound advice about entering Lent and what we plan to do and hopefully, more importantly, to become. Uh, the reading is from the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 6, verses 1 to 6 and verses 16 to 18. That's Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to 6, and 16 to 18. Jesus uh, begins by telling his disciples that they need to be on guard against performing religious acts for people to see. Uh, don't parade your good acts, your good works, uh, so that they appear to be kind of trophies, uh, kind of achievement awards participation uh, acknowledgments uh, so that others can see them. Because Jesus says, if you do that, you uh, really lose the significance and the importance of them because they are really between you and Almighty God. And he begins by saying that when you give alms, when you do your acts of charity, when you show Christian love, do not blow your horn uh, before you in the synagogues or in the streets. In other words, don't go to church and around the office or at home or over the backyard fence in your neighborhood and tell everyone, well, what did you give up for Lent? What are you doing for Lent? Are you praying more, going to church more? Jesus says that you're acting like the hypocrites because they're looking for applause. Isn't she holy? Isn't he really a very devout person? Uh, he says, you can be sure of this much. You've already been repaid. You've had your reward. You wanted human praise rather than the glory of God. Jesus says, in giving alms, you are not to let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Keep your deeds of mercy secret, and your Father who sees in secret will repay you. That's, that's the reward. The reward, if you will, comes from doing all for the greater honor and glory of God. It is a decentering of the self, the dying to the self, because Lent is that 40 days of more and more dying to that imperial self that always wants attention, praise, acknowledgement. But it is in dying to that self and living for God that we truly live. Jesus then goes on and he says, when you are praying, do not behave like the hypocrites who love to stand and 
pray in the synagogues or on the street corners in order to be noticed. They have already been repaid. There are those who very often go to church, uh, perhaps even walk up the aisle to receive communion uh, for those uh, churches that uh, offer the holy sacrifice uh, uh, and distribute communion. And they love to walk so that they are noticed. They are the center of attention. Then you've already had your reward. The reward is everyone looks and says, oh, isn't she holy? Look how devout and pious that person is. Um, well, you've had your reward because it's not about that. It's about an humble adoration, receiving the very, the very body and blood of Christ. That's, that's the most important thing because the body and blood of Christ is the food of eternal life. And we should not trade it in for the junk food of human uh, praise, human recognition. The most important thing is that when we receive the body and blood of Christ, when we receive the sacrament, we are offering worship. We're offering ourselves to Almighty God. It is really between Almighty God and each and every one of us in our own particular circumstance and our own disposition. Uh, that's what Jesus says. And Jesus, he says, you know, uh, I give you my word, they've already been repaid. When you pray, go to your room, close your door, and pray to your father in private. And when you pray, a great deal of time should be spent listening. What is the Lord asking of me today as this holy season of Lent began? What, what path is the Lord asking me to travel? The Lord, may, the Lord asks very individual paths because God calls us by name individually. What, what path is the Lord asking me to travel so that indeed I may, I may arrive with Jesus in the holy city of Jerusalem to suffer and die with Christ? Yes, to sacrifice with Christ, to pick up my cross daily with Christ so as to know the joy and the newness of life that comes on Easter morning. It says, your father who sees in secret what no man sees will repay you. Only God reads hearts. Only God reads our intentions, our interior disposition. It's very private. It's very sacred. It's very holy. When we encounter God through our prayer. And lastly, Jesus says, when you fast, do not look glum as the hypocrites do. Uh, some people walk around with their lip flung over their shoulder. Uh, they have the dour look on their face. Now, some people are by nature dour and sour looking. It would be good to uh, try to change expressions a little bit. If you're one of those, uh, try to be uplifting. Ask the Holy Spirit to give you that sense of joy that is present in this holy season because its destination is glory with Almighty God. They change their appearance of their faces so others will see that they are fasting. They walk around pale and kind of drawn. Uh, they're slow. And um, they're always talking about how weak they are and how hungry they are. All self-imposed so that others will know that they are fasting. But Jesus says, when you fast, 
See to it that you groom your hair and wash your face, and that way no one can see you are fasting. But your father who is hidden, your father who sees what is hidden, will repay you. It's not the fasting of our stomachs. It's the fasting of our souls. It's not the rending of our garments. It's the rending of our hearts so that Almighty God can come in. Because when we fast, we are getting rid of all of the temporal things, all of the barricades and blockages that keep us from really standing and bowing in humble adoration to Almighty God. He is who we are. We are in need. But we do not need only temporal or transitory food that we'll eat again and again and again. We need that food of eternal life. We need to be nourished by the Eucharist. We need to be nourished by God's Holy Word. But we don't do it for show. Uh, this is not a kind of kennel club where the uh, owners parade their uh, dogs about in order to win a prize. Our interiority, our secret, what we are doing, what we want to become, is very much individual, and it's very much a secret. It's private between each and every one of us and Almighty God. We do not seek the praise and the recognition of individuals. That passes quickly. What doesn't pass is the glory of God. And when we give God glory, praise, and thanksgiving, God who sees in secret, who God alone can read mind and hearts, we will indeed come into the very presence of God. And at last, not only here on earth, but at last for eternity. So as we begin this holy season of Lent on this Ash Wednesday, let us be about our good works, good be about our praying and our fasting, but let us do it not in seeking the praise and recognition of human beings, but the greater honor and glory of God. And each and every day to pick up whatever cross the Lord asks us to, whatever burden the Lord asks us to lift, that through God's grace and through God's glory, we carry the cross and we lift the burden. And in so doing, we will be one with Jesus on that glorious Easter, when he is not to be found among the dead, but the living. And so will we. Well, all of us here at Gabriel's Trumpet hope that and pray that this is a very blessed and holy time for you, your family, and your loved ones, and that you will indeed grow ever closer to the Lord Jesus. God bless you, and may you have a blessed and holy Lenten season. Hello and welcome. My name is Father William Maestri, and this is Gabriel's Trumpet for Thursday, Thursday after Ash Wednesday, February the 18th. And as we continue our Lenten journey, just two days in, uh, the Gospel reading comes by way of St. Luke, chapter 9, verses 22 to 25. Luke 9, 22 
to 25. All of us by nature, the way in which we're made, we are social beings. We are meant to be with and for others. We're communitarian beings. It's not good for us to be alone. And therefore, the idea of being with and for others is essential to our very nature. Hence, the idea of, or the experience of rejection, of being isolated, to being cast off, rejected, is one of the most painful experiences uh, we can have. And uh, we know the pain of rejection in one form or another. Uh, we're not uh, selected. Uh, we're not invited. And there is a pain, and it can leave uh, a great deal of lasting scars. And we can be rejected for a lot of reasons, some of which, if we're honest with ourselves, may be our own doing. We may be rather uh, offensive to people by the way in which we talk, uh, the language we use, our attitude towards life and towards others. Um, we can uh, lack a certain degree of politeness and grace that makes us inviting. We can be standoffish. We can feel that we are superior uh, to others. But there are also those times in which <clears throat> we have to ask ourselves, are we being rejected because we are trying to follow and are following the way of the Lord? That is the rejection by the world. And for some people, that rejection is too much to take because we are social beings. We want to be accepted. We want to be part of the in crowd. We like to be invited. We like to be part of the action, if you will. But sometimes the world asks too much of us. It asks us to sacrifice our fundamental principles and beliefs above all, to sacrifice our relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's a price too high. It costs too much. It costs our very soul. Jesus, Son of God, Word made flesh, our Lord and Savior, <clears throat> but he was also human. The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us, born of the Virgin Mary his foster father, St. Joseph. Uh, he was fully human, as well as being fully divine in the one nature. Jesus himself, throughout the public ministry, experiences rejection, uh, hostility. Uh, there are even plots during the ministry uh, to kill him. He's often expelled, his first sermon. Jesus is expelled from the temple where he grew up. Where in the synagogue uh, he was rejected <clears throat> and the people were very angry with him because he came to do the will of the Father and not to please people but to do something far infinitely greater. He came to show them the way to Almighty God and to the way of salvation and people were too set in their ways, many sinful ways and if you kick over uh, an ant nest, you get a lot of angry ants. And so when you tell people not what they want to hear, but what they need to hear, they very often become hostile and angry. 
they cut us off. Uh, they reject us. And yet, that's the price for truth, because we love them enough to tell the truth. And when we tell people the truth, always with love, not using truth as a, as a weapon, but always telling them the truth, God's truth, not, not our truth or my truth or this person's truth, but the real truth of the one who is truth itself, the truth of Almighty God. And Jesus says, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to be a disciple of mine, you have to expect that what happens to me is going to happen to you. That's the cost of discipleship. There is no, there is no resurrection without a cross. There is no being with Almighty God without the crown of thorns. Uh, <clears throat> there is no real victory without going through the agony in the garden. Uh, all of that is part of the Christian life. And in our gospel reading, Jesus doesn't, doesn't try to sugarcoat that. He doesn't say, look, come follow me and you'll have a chicken in every pot and a Lamborghini in every garage. Jesus says, when you follow me, you pick up your cross. Whatever that cross is, you lift the burden whatever that burden is. And the cross and the burdens come to us every day. We can reject them. We can reject them. But when we accept them and unite them with Christ, they become, they become that strength to follow Jesus through the whole of our life into eternity and into the blessedness Jesus tells his disciples, he says, the Son of Man must first endure many sufferings, be rejected by the elders, the high priest, and the scribes, and put to death, and then be raised up on the third day. Jesus is not trying to hide anything. If you're going to follow him in discipleship, you will too endure sufferings. You will be rejected by the establishment, religious, political, social, all of those things will happen. So Jesus doesn't try to sell you something and then say, oh, by the way, I forgot to mention. No, it's right up front. Here we are, the second, the second day in the season of Lent, right after Ash Wednesday. The ashes may already be off of our head, but they ought to be on our hearts as a reminder that those ashes of the cross or what the Christian is called to carry, not simply on their forehead, but in the center of their being. Jesus goes on and says something that may strike us as strange. Whoever wishes to be my follower must deny his very self, take up his cross each day, and follow in my footsteps. If you wish to be my follower, if you wish to be a disciple, you have to die to the imperial self. And in so doing, so doing, you truly live. You live a full human life, but more importantly, you live life into eternity. And it's every day. St. Luke adds that to Jesus' words. Pick up your cross each day. Each day it comes. The burden comes each day to follow in the steps of the Lord. 
whoever would save his life will lose it. In other words, if you want to hold on to this life, this temporal, passing, fleeting life, well, that's what you'll have. But it's a short-term, it's a short-term uh, blessing on the way to eternity. And whoever would lose his life, that is, overcome that, that, that self that wants to be the center of everything. Everything is about me. Well, it's not. But if you will lose that craving for the temporal, the passing, the fleeting, your own will, your own ego, you will save it. Because in terms of eternity, life on earth isn't, isn't even a breath. That's how short it is. And Jesus ends with a question. What profit does he show who gains the whole world and destroys himself in the process? You can gain all the riches, all the fame, all the acceptance, all the accolades. You can be held in high esteem by the authorities, religious and secular. And yet at the end, it means absolutely nothing if you had to sacrifice your Christian discipleship, your integrity, your fundamental moral beliefs, your spiritual relationship with Almighty God, you've lost everything because nothing compares to that. Yes, the short-term earthly existence is immediate. You see it, you feel it, you touch it, you hear it. But it will soon fade. It will become a distant, distant part of the past. But eternity is forever. And that's exactly what God, God offers us. Life with Almighty God forever, no end. Lent's a good time to ask ourselves, are we sacrificing and throwing away eternity in order for short-term gains? Is our time horizon not simply from womb to tomb? But we love ourselves enough and God loves us enough to say, the horizon is limitless, it's eternal. And I want to give you more than you ever imagined, ever thought, ever expected. Come into the acceptance of Almighty God. You are never rejected. God never turns us away. God never, never cast us out. We can do it ourselves, to ourselves, by sin. But even then, God and God's infinite mercy and goodness continues to call us back. Each day is a day of mercy. Each day is, return to me, says the Lord, and I will heal you. Return to me and I will refresh you. I will strengthen you. Not only with the food, earthly, temporal food, but with the food of eternal life. So, on this second day, yes, we want to be accepted. Yes, we like to be part of things. That's our nature. But we also remember that there is a, a deeper being part of it's being part of the community of faith and the people of God. And that's a precious gift. 
beyond price. And we should never, never, never grasp the present at the sacrifice of the eternal. May God bless you this day and be with you and you with Almighty God as we continue our Lenten journey to the holy city of Jerusalem following our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. God bless you.